What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 19 of the After Effect Podcast. I am your host, LeBron Stephan, but you can call me B. Brian, 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 LBZ, LB, Big Brian, whatever you prefer. <laughs> so for episode 19, I'm doing something just a little bit different, right? No guests, only giving my take and my opinion on current events. It won't be too long. Just kind of wanted to test out the new audio mixer that I got uh, to make sure our voice and our audio is clear and precise and concise. Um, so when we publish it on YouTube, when we're publishing on all podcast apps, um, things are more clear, you know, in case you all are on the go or you in the car or you, you know, you can't really watch, you can only listen, right? So um, first we'll start off with who I have winning the, the NBA championship. Now, of course, I am a Cleveland boy. I'm a Cleveland, I'm an Ohio boy. Um, my name is LeBron. Always been a LeBron James fan since I found out about him in 1999. In fifth grade, he was in the ninth grade. Uh, so I'm rooting for the Lakers tonight. They have game five in the Western Conference Finals tonight, hoping that they handle business, take care of business, and then handle business in the finals. I think it it, it could go 4-1, whether they play the Heat or the Celtics. Um, you know, I've been a LeBron fan for a long time. Been super inspired by everything that he's done in his past, through his 17-year career, his philanthropy, and also him building a production company and team, kind of just doing what he wants to do, doing things with, you know, unapologetically being him, doing things with his brothers, you know, Mav Carter and Rich Paul and uh, all the guys. I think it's Ernie and some other guys as well. I really just really respected his infrastructure of how he run his businesses. I, I really respect it. It's kind of like real recognized real, you know. Um, I've like, so this is kind of like my manifestation statement. Um, I wrote, actually wrote a commercial script. Well, I co-wrote it because I wrote it. And then I heard, I had a good friend um, who's a writer. His name is Michael. He works for Sony Pictures. I had him uh, kind of proofread it, like read, read through it and kind of give me some critiques. And he essentially ripped it to shreds. <laughs> uh, ripped it to shreds and helped me rewrite it. Um, he's currently working for Sony Pictures right now, so I'm hoping to do something with that. Um, I got to register with uh, the Writers Guild of America, and so hopefully I can get that in the right hands and maybe get somebody from his team to take a look at it. Um, I know a guy who I went to high school with actually, who's from Cleveland, Ohio. We went to Warmthville Heights together, played football together for I think three years. A uh, guy by the name of Brandon, Brandon Kavanaugh. Shout out to him. Shout out to Clutch Sports. Uh, he works over there. Um, so I'm hoping to, you know, connect with him and then just figure out how we can make things make sense. Um, but that's kind of just my manifestation manifestation statement, right? Uh, so, yeah, go Lake Show. Go Lakers. Y'all go out there and do what you got to do tonight. Next topic, we've got Breonna Taylor. The verdict on Breonna Taylor. Uh, so, you know, this hit a little different for me because – um, I'm sure a lot of you don't know. I am a twin. I'm a fraternal twin, and I have a twin sister. Uh, and her name is Brianna, right? And so um, more than anything, when the verdict was announced, it was really, for me, just like a confirmation that inequality still exists, right? Um, and being Black in America is literally the hardest thing to do, right? Uh, so... Um, and, you know, I had to read a bunch of articles to really gauge 
all the details and kind of conjure up all the details in my head to see like, okay, because they tried to say that the, that the boyfriend was shooting at the cops. But then, the, then I read an article where he only shot once towards the floor, trying to scare whoever it was because, because they didn't know that that um, it were it was indeed cops or police officers who broke into their home. Um, I mean, but ultimately, it's just it's just a fucked up thing. Like it's a fucked up situation, to be honest. And uh, you know, my prayers and condolences go out to him and Brianna Taylor's family. I think the world and a lot of people are behind them, and hopefully, something can change. Right? Um, you know, I really don't know that process, but it really just. Um, kind of confirmed for me to make sure I'm checking on my sister every day. We talk every day now, FaceTime every day. Uh, make sure she cool. You know, my whole life growing up in Cleveland, that was my first responsibility is to protect her. You protect your sister at all costs, right? That's how I was raised, right? So to see, you know, that happen to her is just so unfortunate. And we got to just continue to pray for a change and still just unapologetically be who we are as Black people, right? Uh, next topic, Deion Sanders to Jackson State. Deion Sanders in the HBCU realm, right? I think that is major. He offered his son, who's a top prospect, who's who's committed to Florida Atlantic. I think that he'll decommit and commit to Jackson State. They're going to have things really, really buzzing big in Jackson, Mississippi. That's going to be something to see with Deion Sanders at the helm. I think he's going to land a bunch of top recruits. I mean, why not? Deion Sanders walks in your living room and says, hey, I want you to be a starter in my secondary. The best defensive back in, to ever play in the NFL comes and tells you that? Like, come on. Who wouldn't be elated and who wouldn't be elated to come pay, play for him, right? So I think uh, they're going to really, really um, do some good things. And I think that turn is on. I, I saw uh, Stephen A. Smith um, shouting out the HBCU week. I think that's coming up. You know, he's from an HBCU. I love him on first take and just everything he does with ESPN. <coughs> um, I was just saying in one of my last episodes that if I could do it all over again um, during my recruiting process in high school, I would definitely consider HBCUs more. And I think they just have more of a tight-knit, family-oriented uh, vibe, right? And it, But more so, especially once you graduate, like you have mentors and people and alumni that really look like you and really want to see you succeed. I think like, and I'm, and I gotta be honest, I really felt like at, during my career and time at the university of Iowa, I really felt like my position coach, Rick Kaczynski, I literally felt like he wanted me to fail. He did not want me to succeed. He did not have my best interests at heart. I know that for a fact. Right. And even after graduating from there, um, there are no like programs that there's no one assigned to reach out to the guys that just graduated, see if they need any leads for jobs or, you know, just on how to navigate that, especially when the NFL doesn't work out and you're kind of in that middle space where you're trying to like figure it out. You may have to work a job and, but still also train cause you still may want to play. It's nobody there to be that buffer and to kind of gauge and kind of help you along during that process. Right. You got to kind of figure it out on your own. That was a really hard time for me. Uh, and so I think HBCUs do a good job with their alumni of really trying to set them up for success, doing everything that they can and really genuinely and sincerely wanting them to succeed. So I think it, I think the HBCU vibe this is, it is on a come up. 
and I'm happy for it. And happy for Deion Sanders and his family. Uh, so the next topic is just NCAA football in general. It's Saturday. It is 4.38, and I have not watched a game yet. I can't believe it. Um, the games just seem a little different for me because they're empty, and then in some states they got 8 9% of fans. So it's still football, and that's still the game that I love. Uh, but the vibe is just different. Um, is, uh, is it different for you all, too? <laughs> if so, if not, make sure you comment. Um, if, you, if you're listening, uh, put it in your rating. Uh, but, yeah, I just think it's kind of different. So I'm trying to, like, warm back up to it. I'm super, super, super happy that the Big Ten decided to resume play. The first game, I think, is October 24th. They're going to play eight games leading into the Big Ten championship. Um, obviously, I graduated from Big Ten University. I played for Big Ten University. I am a Midwest kid, so I always watch Big Ten football. So I'm super, super happy and excited about that. Uh, I think on episode five, I had my boy Charles on, who's a Purdue alumni. We Iowa actually plays Purdue uh, on October 24th, so I'm sure we'll get a good uh, wager going and uh, see who wins uh, that one, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excited for the Big Ten. And I got to just, every week, week by week, I got to start getting back to really watching all the games and just trying to see who's out there, who's really doing their thing uh, to make sure I stay tapped in with that. Um, and last, so lastly, but not least, um, there was a big announcement um, uh, for Aldis Hodge last night. He landed the role of Hawkman, a, uh, a superhero in The Rock's upcoming DC film, um, Back Adam. And um, for whoever don't, don't, who, for for those of you who don't know who Aldis Hodge is, he's a you know actor. He was the lead in the Brian Banks movie. He was one of the leads and uh, well one of the supporting actors in um, Straight Outta Compton. I mean he's he's got over eighty credits. He's been acting since two thousand four. Um, but I only really bring him up because I just want to say you know I'm happy for him obviously, but also he he ended up booking a lead role on a film that I actually auditioned for. This was my first lead role audition. I had 52 lines, had to be off book. I had never had a lead role audition before. Uh, so um, he actually, I didn't get a call back, but he actually booked that role. It's for a feature film called One Night in Miami, where um, Oscar-winning actress Regina King is set to direct that. Um, it will be her directorial debut as far as feature films. She's directed a bunch of TV shows, so... Um, that was like a really great moment for me, even though I didn't get a call back because after doing that audition at the Universal Building in Glendale, California, all my auditions after that just got easier and easier. Just learning, really, really learning how to audition, right? Um, it just got a lot easier. And uh, uh, the audition role was for uh, the role of Jim Brown, a 1960s Jim Brown. So let me give you guys the premise. One Night in Miami, I mean, I think it was like 1968, you know, Sam Cooke, uh, Malcolm X, uh, Sam Cooke, Malcolm X, Jim Brown, uh, and Muhammad Ali. Well, he was still Cassius Clay at the time. Um, they were like best friends and they had one night in Miami after Cassius Clay had won the heavyweight championship. Um, he was actually about to change his name to Muhammad Ali the next, like in, within the next week. Jim Brown was about to retire from the Cleveland Browns after the season. Sam Cooke, I think, was about, was about to make, like, a new album. 
and Malcolm X was about to leave the Nation of Islam. So they were all in this hotel talking about these big power moves that they were about to make to kind of change the trajectory of their life. And uh, and yeah, that's what the film was about. So I, they wanted me to play Jim Brown. Um, and at the time, you know, I had, I had a haircut. Um, so And with no hair on my face, I kind of looked like him, how he looked in the 1960s. So it was really cool. Um, I got the audition. My manager's out in LA, Third Hill Entertainment. Shout out to Third Hill Entertainment. Uh, they, I, I said I had a meeting with them and I told them, you know, I, I just moved here from Atlanta trying to uh, get my acting career, you know, to that, to the next tier. And they gave me a laundry list of things that I needed to do to do that. It was about eight things. So I wrote everything down and walked out of that meeting. They told me when, when you got all that stuff done, then, you know, we'll, we'll work with you full time. And I said, cool. Like I knew that would take me, me three to six months, honestly. Uh, and yeah, two weeks later, lo and behold, they pitched me to the casting directors um, and they allowed me to audition. So I had to go in with them every day and spend hours and hours just trying to get the, the, uh, di his dialect. Jim Brown was very um, sophisticated in how he talked and he spoke with very well uh, pronunciation, but he kind of, some words, he kind of had a Southern because I think he was from the South. Like Georgia or somewhere like that. So he kind of had a, but he, but he, he was kind of country, but uh, he was very well spoken. Like, hello, my name is Jim Brown. <laughs> hello, my name is Jim Brown. And it's a wonderful day, what you can do when you have a great team behind you. Like, so it's kind of, so you had, I had to learn what words to kind of sound country, what words to kind of just sound how he sounded. And uh, uh, that preparation was really, really just cool um, to try to like dive into that character and really see, um, find those emotions, find what cho what choices I would make in the audition and just all that kind of stuff. It was really cool. Uh, and I again, I didn't book the role, Aldis Hodge booked it. And so I only brought that up to say, you know, that I'm happy for him to see that he booked that role, even though I didn't get it. And also um, his career continues to ascend. You know, he, he's now he's a superhero in a DC movie with The Rock, right? I'm sure uh, he can't believe that. I'm sure he's elated with joy and can't wait to get to work. So, uh, so yeah, that's actually all I have for current events, guys. Um, I just wanted to do something different, not have a guest on this episode, just kind of give my take on some things, uh, what's going, you know, on some things that are transpiring in the world today. I plan to do this more often, all right? And uh, so I hope you've enjoyed. Like I said in my uh, episode 18, um, I will, I am about to put, get some t-shirts and dad shorts in development um, for for the podcast, specifically for the podcast. I got some really cool ideas and hope that whoever listens and watches and really rocks with the, the podcast will purchase. Um, I'm also in the process of making a Patreon account um, where, and hoping that I can get you all to subscribe to that. It'll be some really exclusive content on there, uh, more so um, shorter interview based, but some really exclusive Content with some with some ex exclusive people, so I'm hoping that you all um, subscribe to that as well. And yeah, I'm gonna keep this thing going. Excited for the next 20 episodes, even though we're all we're about to be at 20 episodes. Excited for the next 20. <laughs> all right, so yeah, we will see you on the next one. Peace.